Welcome to the Red River Podcast, where we recognize our strength relies on our bond. We are challenged to live a life on mission. So what does that look like as a wife, a mom, in my career, or just a typical everyday? We unpack the highs and lows as we share practical tips, uncover areas most of us work on, and thoughts on where to start. So grab a friend, and I'll introduce you to some of mine as we engage in coffee chats about how to live a missional lifestyle as an everyday woman. I'm your host, Candace Reyes, and you're listening to the Red Rover Podcast. Welcome to the Red River Podcast. I'm your host, Candace Reyes, and I'm so glad you chose to join us today. If this is your first time checking us out, I want to welcome you. So welcome. If you are our Red Rover peeps, I want to thank you for tuning in each week and welcome back. Friend, we have a lot of fun here at the Red River Podcast, and I would hate for you to miss out. So if you haven't joined our email list where you receive extra goodies, log on to hookstocrook.com. That's H-O-O-K-S and number two, C-R-O-O-K.com and click join email. Also to ensure you never miss an episode, follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. This new series is so good and I would hate for you to miss any episodes. We've got some incredible guests coming your way. We have invited some remarkable guests to talk about God is bigger than our excuses. And the reason why we chose this theme this year is because a lot of times when God calls us out into action, our immediate yes is kind of hesitated. Why is that? And how can we resist that urge to pause? Today on the show, I invited my friend Amy Carroll from Proverbs 31 Ministries to join me for a discussion on this topic. And I think you're going to love hearing what she has to say. Amy delights in gathering a community of women with tender hearts and strong voices. She is a speaker, a writer for Proverbs 31 Ministries, and a speaking coach at Next Steps Coaching Service. And she is an author of Breaking Up with Perfect and Excel. As a woman who adores a great story and a challenging idea, co-hosting the Grit and Grace pod, the podcast has become one of her favorite things. Amy and her husband live in lovely Holly Springs, North Carolina, where you can find her at any given day texting her adult kids, typing away on her computer, or even trying to figure out one more alternative to cooking dinner. Friend, you're going to love meeting Amy. So grab some paper with a pen and your favorite cup and let's dive into my chat with the lovely Amy Carroll. Hey, Amy, thank you so much for coming on to the Red Rover podcast. It's such an honor to have you tonight. Well, I am delighted to be here with you. Well, I can't wait for us to talk about what this season's theme has all been about, which is God is bigger than our excuses. And um, (laughs) tonight, before we start just diving in, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your passion and how that has influenced your own life today. Well, last, let's see, two years ago, I got a new to me red car. And to me, that car was screaming for a vanity license plate. Now, full disclosure, I'm 54 years old. So it is so fair for anybody to giggle that at 52 <laughs> or something, I got a vanity license plate because the keyword is vanity. So oh, that's funny. come on, ridiculous, <laughs> right? But I couldn't help myself and I knew immediately what I wanted on it. And my license plate says word girl. 
And that play has generated so many conversations that have been great. Uh, I, I didn't realize it would open conversations, but that plate means a lot of things. And people ask me like, what is that? And, you know, the natural response is I'm an author. I'm a yes. writer. Um, I'm a speaker. So I make my living with my words, but the truth is, is the other layer is that I love God's word so much. Mm-hmm. And it is the foundation of what I do and who I am on my yes. good days. <laughs> well, even on the bad days, it's the foundation. <laughs> um, and, and the other funny layer is my words are the very thing that have gotten me the most in the most trouble in life. And also <laughs> now they're my living. It's a really weird combination. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I understand. I can totally relate to that because my words have gotten me into trouble, but they've also mm-hmm. been a, a, a tool that God has gifted me with to, to share and to point others back to him. And that has been such an honor to have. So exactly. I can, I can relate to that. And exactly. I love that you got the vanity plate. That's awesome. <laughs> it was not like I was getting the notification from DMV, you know, you need a new license plate. Cause my other one was so old. I was like, oh, well, $25. Let's <laughs> <go for> <laughs> That's awesome. And the fact that nobody else has your license plate before you, you actually chose it. That's great too. I know. And my nieces and nephew giggle at me because I didn't know, but there was a cartoon um, back in their day. So maybe the nineties that was word girl. Oh, yes. 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 My kids used to watch it. Yes. That's hilarious. My nieces and nephews laugh at me. So it's okay. That's so funny. Now, Amy, on your timeline, when you think back, when you heard that calling in your life, when did you embrace it from when you heard it? Was it, was there a time frame? Was there a gap or did you jump right in? Well, it's funny because when I considered that question, really my calling has always been to teach. And I wanted to be a teacher from the time that I was a little girl. But so I was an elementary classroom teacher and then my kids were born and I taught adult education, but there was a day I had become women's ministry director at our church, which I totally loved because I love just investing in the lives of women. I was sitting across from a younger woman that I had, had befriended me, kind of reached out to me. She was on staff for a campus ministry And I just sat there and listened to her talk about how she was investing her life, her life in these younger women and in her life. I mean, she actually lived with these younger women. She was sacrificing her entire life to do that. But I, I listened to her and I remember having this thought and it was, I would give anything if it was my job to talk about Jesus all day. Mm -hmm. I had done all other kinds of teaching and education. And I have, I think that natural gifting, but it really hadn't turned into a spiritual gifting yet, which is interesting how Mm. that it shifted over time. Eventually God began to open doors to do, to make talking about Jesus, my full-time job. That was amazing to me, but there was a gap just like with so many people. So some people resist their calling and some people have a long wait 
for their calling. Mm, And I really had a long wait for the calling. So I had this seed in my heart and this desire. I had no idea how that would flesh out. I had no concept of speaking or writing and all of what I'm doing now, Mm -hmm. but there was a wait. So there was the longing and then it didn't happen for quite, I guess, five or six years. So, you know, it was kind of watching to see what God was doing and some days being frustrated, not that it wasn't going faster. So that timing piece was the hard piece for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I can resonate with that. Um, you know, waiting for God's calling to, to flourish and to, and for us to be able to see it come into what it's supposed to be or what we, what we envision. And a lot of times what we envision, it's not truly what he was calling us to do in the first place. He was just saying, this is to get you started. This is where I'm needing you to go because I'm going to open up another door that you don't know yet. Absolutely. And, and so just continue to trust me, walk through what I'm, I'm giving you. Um, and I always tell, um, I always tell my friends that there is, there is a training in the waiting And so making sure that you are open to that training um, during that waiting season is such a key component, I think, to to doing this well. Yeah, God is at work, even in that wait. And the work is generally on our character. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Sad to say, yes. <laughs> no, it's good work, but it's hard when you're going through it. The other term that I've been, you use the word flourishing. I love that. The other term that has really come to mean a lot to me, and it was really, it, it showed itself to me in that weight, but then I see it over and over again is unfolding. I think mm. most often our callings unfold. Mm. We're, we're Americans. We're used uh, to American idol and all like the overnight success, the, the, you know, being discovered (laughs) that is just so rare. It's not completely impossible, but it's so rare. Mostly it's an unfolding. It's a little by little by little step by step. And all along the way, as you said, God is working on our character so that when the calling comes about that we're able to even handle it. Right. Right. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's so good, Amy. Yes. Now, recently we polled, um, several of our followers on, on social media and we asked them what has stopped them in the past from saying yes to the calling on their own lives. And they came back with so many great responses. And before we had our interview, I sent this to you. And there was one in particular that really resonated with you. And that was too busy doing other things. And I would love for you to kind of share with me, why was that in particular such a one that resonated with you? Well, it's clear that I am still in process. You and I were laughing before we started recording because I was just bemoaning my day to you and how many directions I have been going in. I am a reforming perfectionist is what I say. And one of the things that I do is I overcommit because I have what I call an overdeveloped sense of responsibility. Mm. So I take on a lot of things wanting to, I think wanting to help. I have a heart to help, but then some of it's a little bit about myself, Mm. improving myself to others. And so I tend to take on too much and say yes to do many things. 
my, my first book is called Breaking Up with Perfect. And that was very much, you know, the lessons God has taught me, but it is a progressive work for right. sure. Right. My second book has a subtitle. I co-authored it. So I'll give Sherry Gregory the credit for this, but I love this. She, uh, the subtitle reflects a progression mm. and it's lose who you're not, love who you are, live your one life well. So when I first came to Sherry with this idea and I said, I want to help women to stop spending their lives and start investing their lives. Mm. I think so many of us are so, 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 so busy mm -hmm. and we're spending our lives um, just doing the next thing in front of us, saying yes to everybody, trying to be all things to all people. And we end up suffocating under the weight of yes. all of us. And so I came to Sherry with this, this idea, I want to write this book with you. What do you think? And she was like, uh, no, I was like, no, like, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> and she said, but here's the thing is we're setting women up to fail. If we start there, if we talk, if we tell them, stop spending your life, start investing your life, they're going to fail again. She mm. said, they need to go through a process. First, mm. they have to lose who they're not. Mm. And I think that this speaks to the whole busyness thing. So the lose who you're not in that section, we talk a lot about boundaries, about what's a reasonable expectation, what's an unreasonable expectation unreasonable expectation as far as ourselves, what we put on ourselves of, of what we let others put on us. And so there's this whole thing. And so as we were working on that section, I had this visual of an episode of the hoarders, you know, have you okay. ever watched that show? Yes. Yes. Like they can barely open the door of a house because it's so overpacked with stuff that the people can't even live in it. Yes. Yes. Does that sound like our schedule sometimes? Mm. Our hearts and our minds have become like a hoarder house. Mm. I mean, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. We're so overscheduled. We're so overstimulated. We've got so much that's just packed in there. We can't even live the life right. that God has called us to. Right. And the first step that I think I... <laughs> And maybe some of your listeners need to take <laughs> is to really think about what has God given me to do mm -hmm. and what has he not given me to do? Because I had a whole lot of stuff on my calendar mm -hmm. and a whole lot of stuff I was carrying around as far as weight on my soul that God never gave me to carry. Yes. And as a result, often. I can't say yes to the things that he is actually giving me mm -hmm. because I'm too overloaded in these other areas. So I am so passionate. Once I saw that, once Sherry explained that to me, you know, we have to lose who we're not yes. before we can live our one life well. And then we have to love who we are. And that's part of just loving who God created us to be as an act of worship to him, that these are two steps that are so important before we can actually live our one life well is the way we say it, or live your calling really. Um, and that's the life that God's designed us for. But I think a lot of us are putting obstacles in his way. Yes. Oh, uh, Amy, that was so good. Yes, oh. absolutely. I love that. Cause you're right. We need to, 
to stop thinking that we need to do all the different things that God didn't ask us to do. Yes. And, and a lot of times when we are saying yes to all these things, it's because we're trying to please people, not Absolutely. always trying to please him. And so we, we need to be very, very mindful of that. And because if we are saying yes to all these different things, then what are we saying no to? Exactly. And, you know, when I was reflecting on it, I think that for people who love God, there are three major goals that we have. The first one is to glorify God. Like if we love God, yes, we really do want to live a life that glorifies him. Amen. Number two, I think if we love God, then we are loving our people better than the average person. Uh, that's just the overflow of loving God. And so we want to love God and live a life that glorifies him. We want to love our people well. Mm -hmm. But then the third thing I think all of us deeply long for is to live a life that feels good to us, that's fulfilling and joyful. And I think that most of us have fallen into the lie that we can have one of those things or maybe two of those things, but there's no way you can have all three at the same time. Mm. But I actually think we can. Mm -hmm. And I think, and, and I think we can do that by walking in our callings, yes. but we can't walk in our callings until we lose all this extra weight that we've taken on right. that God never meant for us to have. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that comes into the whole boundaries, right? Learning your own boundaries and, and yes. keeping being intentional with them and knowing that a boundary that you, we set, it's not to hurt other people. It's not to be ugly. It is to really protect you so that you are staying faithful and true to what God has asked you to do because he, his authority is comes first period. And, you know, when I was studying this, this was so freeing to me to see that Jesus set boundaries. So yes. boundaries are biblical. Um, and one of the, the first times he did it is when we saw him say to his parents, it, there's the story of Jesus. It's the only story we see of Jesus as the boy. And when they finally find him at the temple, after he's disappeared and been lost, I say in quotation marks, all <laughs> right. those days, he knew exactly where he was. Yes. They should have known where he was. True. You think about it. Yes. And he said, um, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? So mm -hmm. for those of you that are thinking of boundaries, that is a great script. What is my father's business? Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're asked to do something, pray, ask father, is this your business for me? Yes. Um, and if it's not, then you can say a blessed no. Do you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> yes. here's the beautiful part of this is that it doesn't mean that we will end up neglecting the people that we love. We will mm -hmm. still love our people well, um, because God will provide, right? Do you know what I'm saying? God will right. provide for the position you said no to, or God will, um, provide the, the self-discipline for your child to save. So they have some extra and you don't have to give them money over and mm -hmm. over again, your adult yes. son or daughter. I mean, these are just small examples, but um, your people might not feel like you are loving them well. <laughs> yes. This is the key. Yes. You may get some pushback, especially if you've been being, if you've been in the position of being all things to them for a long, long time, they may right. not feel it, Right. but in the end, it will benefit them too. Cause God loves them as much as he loves you. 
Right. So it's a beautiful, I could talk forever about boundaries <laughs> and I'm still learning how to set them for myself. Right. And my new thing is how to set a boundary and then not feel bad for it. But that's a whole different episode. Yes. Yes. And you know what? We may have to have a conversation on that because that is a good topic I'm as well. Because I think so many of us do. We, we, we feel guilty that we have this boundary, especially uh, as you were talking about your, you know, the child that keeps coming back that is something for my mama heart. You know, when my kids want something, I want to give it to them, but you know what? God is a good father. And I know he wants to give it to us as well, but he also knows what's best for us. And sometimes not giving that to us is what's best for us. And so we need to be willing to do those same things and have boundaries so that we are teaching our own kids how to say no to their own things and, and teach them how to have their own boundaries and know that my no is not that I don't love you. My no is because I love you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if somebody, mm-hmm. sorry, if somebody was going to be struggling with this, mm-hmm. um, what scripture or what, what would you share with that person who's struggling with boundaries or struggling with doing too much of, of the wrong thing? Um, how would you encourage them to get back on track or to follow him? And is there a scripture that you would um, really direct them to Amy? So one of the scriptures that I love, again, this is Jesus focused. So we know that this is biblical. So in John eight, 28 and 29, Jesus says, I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has Mm. not left me alone for I always do what pleases him. Mm. Radical, Mm. radical. So I make decisions by the seat of my pants. I, I do the next thing by the seat of my pants. Jesus never did. Mm. Um, I call it the principle of intention. So Jesus lived by the principle of intention. In other words, Jesus said this, John 8, 28 and 29. He said, I only say what the father tells me to say. I only do what the father tells me to do. How would that radically change our lives? If we mm. even attempted that, right? <laughs> we couldn't do it perfectly like Jesus, obviously. Right. But what if we weighed every word before we yes. said it and said, Father, is this from you? Yes. What if before we did anything or made any commitment, we weighed it and say, Father, is this from you? Is this your mm-hmm. fa- is is this your business for me? Going back to right. the childhood, Jesus. Right. If we lived by the principle of intention we would be able to fulfill our calling close to perfectly, you know, because Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have the weight of all this busyness and all these other things that we've said yes to when they were not our father's business for us. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's also, if we, if we were to check it with God in that, in that way, we probably wouldn't hesitate as much either to, to step out in that calling and whatever that may be like for myself, it took me about seven years before I actually stepped into what he was calling me to do, to speak and to write. Um, and the reason for that was because of some fears that I had. And then a lot of times these fears, um, they're playing out in our heads and our thoughts. And so, you know, if we go back and say, okay, God, why do I have this fear? you know, help me see that is, I know fear does not come from you. So what, what is it that, um, that's truly 
the, the root of that. And so the two big fears that I, I was facing was the fear of failure and the fear of success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, you know, John Maxwell, he talks about that failure and success. They're a package deal. And that got me really thinking the fact of um, failure keeps us humble and mm-hmm. totally reliant on the one who never fails. And so, Amy, I'd love for you to share a little bit about a time in your own life where failure shaped you. So I'm going to tell you the negative side of how failure shaped me for a while and then the positive side of it. I joined the Proverbs 31 speaker team probably 18 years ago. And Proverbs 31 ministries was not as large as it is now. But even so, mm-hmm. I was by far the greenest speaker they had ever brought on. In fact, at one point, Renee Swope said, if we were someplace with the group, and she said, well, we'll never bring on another speaker like you, Amy. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> She goes, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Just not what I meant, you know, didn't come out the way I meant it. She's like, you are just so green. And oh, she was absolutely right. I had nothing except a few speaking events under my belt and just a huge heart to follow God. That was it. So I stepped into this arena with a group of very experienced, very accomplished women who I, and godly women, I mean, really godly women who I respect and love so much. And I just fell into a pit of insecurity Mm. and comparison. And, you know, I think the outside world would have looked at it and said, well, what in the world? I mean, that is like the biggest stamp of approval. Why are you struggling with comparison and insecurity? It was because I just had these giants around me and I just never felt like I measured up. And I Mm -hmm. walked in that terrible place. I'd say for five years, a good five years, it was it was bad and it was a lot of wasted time. And so in that sense, my preconceived failure, even though I had gotten the approval of other people, my preconceived failure just kept me in a pit. And I think some of your listeners might even be going, I feel that way. And listen, Mm -hmm. I think we should make clear calling is not about like professional ministry. Correct. Calling is whatever thing that God has given you to do in whatever realm Mm -hmm. that you are in. This is not about being a speaker or an author at all. And so if you're in the realm that you know that God has placed you in and you're struggling with insecurity, I always just encourage you to seek God for holy confidence. That's different. Mm. Self-confidence has a limit. It runs out really fast and all it takes is one failure to kind of squash it. Yes. But holy confidence is something from God. It says, I am small. God, I really am not enough. This whole I'm enough movement. I don't really get it. It's just not my wiring, you know? So I, I prefer to say, I really am not enough. There is not any part of me that is enough, but because the King of everything, the God of the universe, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Yes. He is enough to do in and through me, whatever he chooses. Amen. And there's a confidence that comes through that, 
that you can't get any other way by than just surrender. So my failures, I let my failures squash me because I was trying to live in my own self-confidence. But once I understood that I needed to stand in my calling, not based on my self-confidence or any of my own giftings or talents or lack thereof. Right. I was called to stand in that calling in the confidence of God in me. Yes. Um, and we can all do that. Yes. Absolutely. And so I think once that, once it got flipped, then any of my failures, you know, because listen, I still flop now. I've been speaking over 20 years and there'll be a, a time or two that I walk off the stage and go, well, that was terrible. And you know what it does is you just, you have to trust God that you did your best and he'll use Mm -hmm. it anyway. And then it just drives me to my knees again, which Mm -hmm. is right where I should be anyway. Right. So the failures are things that they foster my dependence, which is a really, really good thing. Yes, absolutely. And I love Amy that you talked about that our calling, it doesn't have to be some grand big thing. It your calling could be to be a mama, to be, to stay at home with those babies and raise those babies. Your calling could be just to be a wife and to serve your husband. Well, your calling could be whatever it is. It's that God has equipping you to say, I'm going to do this well to the glory of the King. And, and I think that that right there, that's when you know that that is your calling. And also realize friend that when God puts this anointing over you, it is an anointing from the one who gave it to you. So good. And it's, Mm -hmm. and it's all about his power that you're walking in. It's not in your own strength. It's not in your own flesh because your flesh is going to try to rise up. It's going to try to, to take over some of that pride, right? Look what I did. Look what, you know, I changed that baby's diaper, like nobody's business, you know, (laughs) whatever that may be, but realize that, you know what, it was God give credit where credit is due friend. And that is, it's not about you. It's about him and how he continues to equip you to do the good things that he has already called and dreamed over you to do. And so I love that Amy, that you were, you're very specific with that. It's not, that has to be such a grand thing. Cause I think you're right. A lot of us, we do, we, we tend to go to that route. Well, okay. So a calling means it's a big thing. No, no. Mm-hmm. A calling is just that God is saying, I have plans for you and absolutely. And will you say yes to those plans, whether they're, they're big or small and you just don't even have a clue loving on your husband, what that's going to do for the kingdom, loving on those children, what that's going to do for the kingdom, loving on that stranger who is outside and in the cold and giving him or her a raincoat or a jacket that is part of your calling as well as loving people. Well, I mean, there's two big, there's two big commands that he gives us love the father with all your heart and soul and mind. And the second one is to love your neighbor, basically love people, love people yeah. as yourself, plain and Absolutely. simple. And so that is your calling. So, well, and I'll share a variation on something that I read um, from Emily P. Freeman, who I love. And, and, and so I'll adapt it to, to this interview is 
so many times we say that our calling is the big thing we can do for God, Mm. but she flipped it and she said, what if our calling is to do small things for our big God? And it's exactly what you just said, where the focus of that second one Mm -hmm. is on God and not on us. And, you know, when I look back on those days in the pit of insecurity and comparison, Mm -hmm. it actually was a warped sense of pride. It looked like it looks like humility mm. a lot of times, mm-hmm. but it yeah. wasn't, it yeah. was still pride because it was an over-focus on myself. Yes. Yes. And so it wasn't until later that I realized, oh, <laughs> that over-focus on myself that, that manifested as insecurity was really still pride. It's a weird way to look at it, but I, it was, it was very true for me. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I agree. Um, because one of the things that I, I have been studying and wondering, okay, God, you, you tell us that we need to be humble. And for a long time, I did think humble meant meek meant, you know, it's not about me and, and kind of like putting myself in the back corner, but Christ was humble, but he was also bold. He -hmm. was also very, um, confident and, and who his father is and who he is and who he was. And so I really believe if we are to walk in Jesus's footsteps of, humil- of humility, then we need to embrace the one who has called us to be that and, and step out in faith and realize that humility does not mean this whole like, I'm going to, you know, hide or, or whatever that may look like for you. It is truly to, to walk in boldness for God. Absolutely. The root of humility is knowing who, who the source is. Yes. And if yes. you know that the source is God, you will walk in humility. It's when we start to feel like the source is us that mm. we get really mm-hmm. off base. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Amy, I'm so thankful for you coming on this podcast and talking with me. I could continue to talk with you for hours, Um, but, and I know friends, you were probably going, okay, now how do I find out more about Amy? How do I get a hold of her? How can I become friends with her? And so Amy, I'd love for you to share where all all our peeps can find you and become friends with you because they're going to want to know. Oh, thank you so much. This has been a joy. And probably the easiest place to connect with me is at my website, amycarroll.org. And there you can find out about the books and the podcast and all the things, but that's the easiest one-stop place to find me. Fantastic. All right, friends. So make sure you reach out to Amy, you go and check out her website. And again, we'll put all of this information in our show notes below so that all you have to do is just click and it directs you to her page. Now, remember friend, when it's time for you to step out and say yes to your calling, let your yes be your success and give God the rest till next time. Hey friend, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my guest. And I hope you thought about a friend who could possibly use this episode as well to give them some encouragement to move forward in living this missional lifestyle. That's a really easy way for us to share the good news is just share it with a friend. Also, we'd love to hear back from you. It takes a few seconds just to write a little review and we read each and every one of them. I also want to encourage you to check out our website, hookstocrook.com to find out more about our translation project 
and also to learn about our Red Rover Women's Conference that's coming up on June 10th and 11th in Brookshire, Texas. We have amazing speakers and phenomenal musicians coming to spend time with our women. And right now we have an early bird special pricing for this conference. It's a two-day conference only costing $75. But that price only lasts till December 31st. So if you're interested in joining us for the Red Rover Women's Conference theme, love where you are, then log on to hookstercrook.com slash mhmerch. All right, friend. Thanks again for coming and hanging out with us today. I hope you have a blessed day.